The more companies that become B corporations, the more consumers could expect companies to do things like that, and there would be pressure increasingly on corporations to be good corporate citizens. From Deergo Collective, this is Responsibly Different, sharing stories of certified B corporations and our journey of joining them in leveraging business as a force for good. I'm Ben Marine, and in this episode, I hopped on a video call with founder and CEO of B Corp Certified Home Free. Homefree creates treats you can trust. They create delicious, wholesome, allergy-friendly treats. Their cookies are gluten-free, have no rice, are non-GMO, dairy-free, egg-free, nut-free, and peanut-free, which means they are friendly for vegans too. And they're made in a dedicated facility that is free from most common allergens. And they're delicious. We had some of their cookies at our office and they did not last long. Everyone loved them and even our folks' dietary restrictions were able to enjoy them. Through these treats, Home Free aims to build an inclusive snacking experience where everyone can share in the same treats. So Jill, to get us started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and why you started Home Free? Sure. Uh, My son is one of approximately 1 in 13 kids in the United States with food allergies. It's actually about 1 in 32 million Americans have food allergies. And I was a clinical psychologist and a mom, and we would go to various events, you know, play groups, or as my son got a little older, birthday parties, and everybody would be eating treats as they should. It's part of the fun. It's part of the social interaction. And um, most baked treats that are parts of these things are made with the same foods that are really common allergens, which are eggs and dairy and wheat and soy and um, nuts and peanuts are often either in the recipe or particularly if it's from a store um, made in the same facility. And my, my son started with certain allergies and then got allergic to nuts and peanuts. And his allergist strongly advised when that happened that we never feed him anything made in shared facilities. And I said, like, what are you talking about? I can't give him anything made in a shared facility. Everything's made in shared facilities with nuts or peanuts you know, shared lines, maybe I can understand, but shared facilities, what are you talking about? And he basically said, if it were my child, it's like, oh God. And so he showed us research and and the research was pretty convincing and scary. Um, It's about six and a half percent clinically significant cross-contamination in shared facilities with peanuts in one piece of research, meaning enough that somebody could get sick. And for some people with food allergies, a trace smaller than you can see can be life-threatening. So when I heard, you know, a red 6.5% clinically significant cross-contamination, it was about double that for any cross-contamination, but enough to cause a reaction. I understood why the allergist was making this statement, but I didn't know what I was going to do because it's just so important um, for people to be included, for people to be safe, but also included. So as a clinical psychologist and as a mom, I could go to a party and, you know, ask my son, do you want to leave before the cake when he got old enough? And when he was really little at a play group, I could just turn his body the other way and go play off in the end of the room when everyone was having donuts. But as he 
started to get older and he was at birthday parties, well, then I could find out what color the cake was and make his own so he could be eating kind of what everyone else was. But it just seemed like, why should it have to be like this? If there could just be something that tastes normal, that everybody would be totally happy to eat together, then the kids wouldn't have to go through this. And I say kids because it's hardest for kids emotionally and developmentally, but it's hard for everybody. The parents wouldn't have to go through the heartbreak watching their kids being left out. And the hosts or hosts, hostesses could feel great too about who they are being because there would be a way to include people because people want to include each other. They want to take care of each other. But it was so hard to do it, to find something that was safe. So that's a long story there. But and in fact, it really was a many year story there for us. But but it was really all about inclusion and making it easy for everybody, um, psychologically and for physical safety, to be able to just be part of the group and and feel home free, you know, feel the joy. Is that where the name comes from, or how did you come up with the name? Our original name was Gak Snacks, um, which has personal meaning in my family. And I discovered after a few years of being Gak Snacks that some people think Gak is throw up. And so we decided to change everything. And we threw out lots of packaging, and which was so hard to do. But we decided this isn't just for toddlers. This is for everybody of every age. And we needed a name that made more sense as we grew. Um, and also, as we moved from my basement in my home facility to a real facility with loading docks and all of that, uh, we did it all at once. So, yeah, the name Home Free is um, is because you're home free with Home Free. We we took care of it all for you. It's about joy and freedom and just being able to join in and eat without worrying, without having to call the company and search ingredient labels and you just know our, our tagline is actually treats you can trust, um, which we can talk more about if you'd like. But um, but yeah, it's free from pretty much everything, and it's kind of homemade with the care we use and the quality and all of that, and and you're home free. So it, it's all of those things. That's awesome. And what do you think was uh, this was some of the biggest challenges in creating treats that were free from some of the most common allergens? Because I imagine. It'd be tricky, you know, because sometimes the substitutes for one thing are actually allergenic in their own right. And that is true. What was how did you navigate that? You seem to know about these things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've got friends that have celiacs and and vegan friends. And so it's so funny having, you know, just this wide spectrum of friends with different, you know, nutritional needs. And it's like, okay, how how can we find something that we can all eat together? You know, so I think that was part of what had me really excited about um about finding finding home free. Yeah, yeah. So you totally get what it's all about. Um, our, our cookies are actually about including everybody as much as possible. Initially, they were allergy friendly, allergen free, whatever. Um, but we wanted to include everybody. So eventually, we added the gluten free attribute. And and they've always been vegan. They've always been kosher parvo. But they're really about as much as possible for anybody in a group to be able to be part of the group. So if you got together with all of your friends and one of them is vegan and one of them is gluten-free and one of them is nut-free, whatever, everybody can just eat the same thing and they taste good and they're healthy. Um, but to answer your question, what was the biggest challenge in doing this? Um, okay, if I give you two biggest challenges? Totally, totally. <laughs> um, the first one is kind of what we're talking about. It was all about inclusion. 
if you want everyone to join in, it has to taste good. Otherwise, it's like, ew, it's gluten-free or it's whatever. I don't want to eat that. I, I wanted it to be, oh, this is really good for everybody. So to make cookies without eggs and weed and butter and milk and all of those things that cookies are usually made from was certainly challenging. Um, it was actually a very long story. Um, I spent about three years trying to bake things for my son before anybody else in my family would eat them, except I'd eat them with him. Um, a lot went in the garbage. Um, after about three years, it started to get good. And I spent the next three years in an allergen-free bacon cookbook. Um, and then after that, people convinced me people in town as baking little birthday cakes for them to take to their parties when they had allergies. And, and I was in a support group and people were saying, you got to actually make this stuff. It's, you know, not everyone has time to use a cookbook and bake and it's so good. And it's like me, I'm a psychologist. I'm not interested in business or baking, but bit by bit, I looked into it. And, um, and that brings me to my second challenge, which was, it made no sense to do this if I couldn't find ingredients that I could have faith were truly free of allergens. And back then, that was a hard thing to do. It's gotten easier. Um, increasingly, companies have, have gotten really a whole lot more aware and better at this. But initially, to find ingredients from facilities that did not contain the top allergens, which I, I'll tell you, the top allergens, because if you're not from an allergy family, you have no reason to know, but these are 90% of food allergic reactions are to eight ingredient groups. Uh, so that's uh, peanuts, nuts, and by the way, they're not the same. Peanuts are a legume. Um, so peanuts, nuts, eggs, dairy, meaning you know milk and butter and all that stuff, um, wheat, soy, fish and shellfish. And by the way, wheat is an allergen that's not the same as being gluten intolerant. You can have a gluten intolerance and not be allergic to wheat. You can have a wheat allergy and not be gluten intolerant. If you have a wheat allergy, you could have risk of anaphylactic reaction because that's something that happens from allergies, um, which is a life-threatening reaction that we use EpiPens and all of that to, to be okay with. With a gluten intolerance or celiac disease, you can get very, very sick, but it's a whole different process. Um, so anyway, wheat, wheat is an allergen. They're often confused as if they're interchangeable. And they're not. just thought I'd throw that in. That's so wild. I um, had no idea. Yeah. So finding ingredient sources, you know, sometimes they wouldn't have ingredient statements. Sometimes they didn't want to talk to me. And some companies were fantastic and they totally got it already. And they were really careful and we could just go right ahead. But it, you know how long it took me to find ingredients to make cookies that I could think were safe enough that I was comfortable using them? I'm so curious. I have no idea. What would your guess be? Uh, two years, maybe? Oh, okay. Not that bad. Okay. Um, it, it took six months of pretty, like, a lot of time every day. Wow. It took six months. Wow. That's yeah. still wild. Not as hard now. Um, but it is still a really important part of our process is making sure that, I mean, mostly the same ingredient companies I have stuck with because they were good, but, um, we, we are still very careful with everything about our suppliers, um, to make sure that 
that there's not going to be a risk of cross-contamination. And despite that, even though it's the same companies and, and they're careful and there's no allergens in their facility and all of that, we still um, randomly occasionally test each of our ingredients um, for peanut and almond and occasionally other nuts and egg and milk. And we randomly test finished product for gluten and, and, and for we test random finished product for allergens as well. Um, just as a triple check. And our staff aren't to um, handle any nut or peanut containing products on days they work, just to make sure no traces are coming in around their clothes. And just to be sure, as an extra precaution, they put on our uniforms and our shoes when they get here. And we wash the uniforms in-house so that, again, we don't have traces coming from anywhere. We wipe down our packages of ingredients when they come in before they come in our kitchen. Because as I said, a trace smaller than you can see can be life-threatening for someone with a food allergy. And even if somebody says, oh, I've got a mild allergy, one reaction doesn't necessarily predict the next one. So... It could seem like a mild allergy this time, and you could have an anaphylactic reaction next time. So we're careful for everybody. Wow, that's incredible, and that's so that's so good to know. That's amazing. Um, what do you think have been some of your most rewarding moments with Home Free? Oh, I would say that most of the most rewarding moments are all in the same category, and that's hearing from our customers. Um. This is not a cookie. I mean, it's a cookie, but I don't think of Home Free as being a cookie company. And we make other things too, increasingly, by the way, other than cookies. But most our primary product right now is cookies, so I'll focus on that. I've always thought of this as a company that makes inclusion. I started it as a service, but I mean, it's a, it's a company. It is a, a baking company, but it's really about helping children and families, people of all ages. Um, to be safe, to be healthy, and to be part of the group. And by the way, when I say to be healthy, our, some of our cookies are so healthy, per se, that um, they're actually USDA smart snacks, um, which is fairly rigorous. Um, so uh, for those, we'd actually be able to put the word healthy on the label if we chose to do that. Um, every serving of cookies contains more than half a serving of whole grain out of three recommended daily servings out from cookies without even noticing. So it's a really, it, it makes it easy for people to have something that's good for you while it also tastes like a treat. But anyway, in terms of our rewarding moments, um, we hear from customers a lot and we value every single time it happens. Um, I grabbed an example for you. Do you want me to read it? Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. So imagine if you get, and they don't always sound just like this one, but imagine if you were working around the clock for years at great expense and all, all of this, but every couple of days you get something like this from a customer. You will know how this ended up being the way I would answer what our most rewarding moments are. Good morning. I'm having tears of joy over your cookies. Seriously, my baby girl is 12 and hasn't been able to eat a cookie ever. Until 18 months, we didn't know she had severe allergies and she would spit everything out. Your cookies are safe and delicious. What an awesome combination for all of us out there struggling with allergies. Thank you for making my day and most importantly, my daughter's day a little sweeter. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. 
they actually make a difference. Um, should I tell you about another one? I don't have it in front of me, but I can tell you. Sure. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. This one meant so much to me. Um, we we um, provide cookies for schools um, and colleges, and occasionally for bake sales, so that people with allergies can be part of it. And there, I, I heard from a school the the um, the, the person who purchased the cookies um, one time, and he basically said. I have to tell you this story. The other day I got a phone call from the mom of one of our students and she was so grateful that I brought home free cookies into the school for the bake sale. There was this you know, big thing in the cafeteria of the school and the mom and the kid were going toward it and the mom started pulling out the treat she had brought from home for her daughter because of course there wasn't gonna be anything at the bake sale that her daughter could buy and eat. And just as she was going to grab the safe snack out of her pocketbook, the daughter said, it's home free cookies. They have home free cookies. Or maybe it was Gack Snacks at the time. I don't remember. But I think it was home free. And she was able to buy something. And she was able to eat it just like her friends with everybody else. It wasn't just the cookie. It was the inclusion. It was the being like everybody else, having the same experience as everyone else, and being thought of. Right, that these kids or adults, when there's something for them when there usually isn't, but when there is, it's like I matter. Somebody thought of me. I'm important. I'm special. I, I I'm valuable. I matter. And again, that's the psychology in me. That was why I did this company. Right. So apparently, well, there was this whole big event. It wasn't just a bake sale. It was this big night of all sorts of things. And they got home and um, the daughter was going to bed and, and uh, does she, she would pray at night. Um, and she was praying with her mom or kind of good night prayer or something. And she started crying joy because of the experience with the cookies. She just couldn't stop talking about it. And she cried about it. At least this is my memory, it, but um, just because it was so meaningful to her that this had actually happened to her. I mean, after all of these years, right, that, that she got to have that experience. And that is what this company is about. That's what it's for. And that's what has kept me going, um, you know, through all of the challenges that come with any, any company. Well, we're still a small company. Um, we're still a small family business. And part of the reason I'm doing this is that we depend on word of mouth. And we hope everybody listening to this is going to go to our website at homefreetreats.com and go to our Facebook at Home Free Treats and our Instagram at Home Free underscore treats and tell everybody they know um, because we are trying to let more people know about the resources that we offer. Um, and as a small family business, it's always been hard to, you know, have the funds. We don't have big advertising budgets or marketing budgets or all of those things that it usually takes to really get the word out. Yeah. So, cause I, I looked, you have a, you have a, um, on your website, there's that page where you can see where you can buy them close to you. And I, 
saw that there were like all the grocery stores in my area and that's right. So tried we're a growing few other in what's like, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's that? How has that growth uh, kind of happened? How, how has that been? So first of all, yes, we're across the country, but in terms of retail stores, we're not in every part of the country. We're mostly in the Northeast, little California, a little bit in Minnesota or here or there. We're a little bit here and there. And for food service, we are very much national. Um, you can ask for home free cookies. You can request them that they bring them in to any hotel, any college, any break room snack. We've been with Google and Twitter and Facebook and all sorts of things for family venues, for cafes, for hospitals, for, um, you know, pretty much anywhere that serves food. You can tell them about home free and why they should bring them in. And they might do it. Um, sometimes that happens. Same thing with stores. If they have them in the distributor nearby, so especially for an independent natural food store, they may just be able to order them from the distributor and bring them in. Um, so yes, it has been awesome um, growing. And in fact, we have a little bit in Canada and the UK and Singapore and Malaysia and the Philippines and Bermuda. But again, it's a little bit here and a little bit there. And we're trying to keep growing. And I, once people try our cookies, they love them. Once people hear our story, they're excited. But again, we need you to help us get the word out. Sure. Well, hopefully we can do that right here, right here on this podcast. Yeah. yeah I mean, you've won numerous awards and recognition for having not just allergy-free treats, but also allergy-free treats that taste good. What do you think have been some of the biggest contributors to that success? Actually, I want to mention some of the awards have been for having good wholesome cookies, having nothing to do even with being allergy friendly, just because they're good and they're healthy. For example, um, Best Snack Award from Shape Magazine. It was not a special diet cookie. It was simply because the cookies are delicious and helpful snack choice. And similarly, they were featured on the Today Show as a healthy, delicious school snack. They did also mention it's nice if you got you know need peanut free, but the main part of the feature was these are snacks your kids will love. Um, but in terms of answering your question um, of why we've received so many awards and recognition, I think it's because we didn't make these as special diet cookies. These are actually good cookies that are also wholesome cookies. And by the way, they also include people with special diets. So it's this unique combination of great taste and wholesomeness and inclusiveness, because our goal, again, was inclusion. And as I said earlier, for everyone to want to eat the same cookies together, they have to taste good. And they do. And as I mentioned, as a mom, I wanted to give people the same nutrition I was giving my family. So the cookies are wholesome and, again, healthy, some of them. Um, so again, these are delicious, wholesome cookies that, by the way, also include people with special diets. Um, and in fact, they have won lots of special diet awards too, including, I have to say, the Good Housekeeping Research Institute, the foremost authority on consumer goods, um, recommended home-free cookies as the best gluten-free cookies on the market. Wow, that's awesome. And that was very cool because they didn't even start gluten-free. We just kind of added gluten-free as an attribute and made our facility dedicated gluten-free and we're really careful and all of that because we wanted to include everybody. Um, they didn't start out as a gluten-free cookie and I've never thought of them as a gluten-free cookie. And in fact, when we started, 
they intentionally weren't gluten-free because why should somebody with a peanut allergy have to eat something gluten-free? I just wanted to make something that someone with a peanut allergy or vegan or whatever or dairy allergy could eat. But eventually I did add that because, again, we want to include everybody as much as is at all possible. That's that's awesome. That's so great. Um, so I'm curious how, with all this momentum, how, how did you first hear about B Corp? What got you interested in it? We were considering a particular investor. And the investor cared a lot about social responsibility and wanted us to fill out the basic, was it called a GERS evaluation or something like that? There's a basic evaluation that isn't the whole thing of becoming a B Corp, but it kind of had the basic parameters and numbers and all of that. And so we did. And we had never heard of B Corp before that. And what was kind of the defining moment when you and the and the rest of your your kind of family or team decided that yes we're going to officially pursue B Corp status. Well, we got our score back, learned a little bit about it. And when we saw our score, we saw we really already met the criteria. We really were already a B Corp. So it just made sense to make the extra effort to make it official. Um, and the reasons were we wanted to support the movement. Um, it, I care a lot about environmental protection and social consciousness and all of that. And in fact, my, my dissertation, I mentioned as a clinical psychologist, my dissertation was on um, women's attitudes toward the environment. Um, I always thought I'd be making the difference that way and said, I'm doing it here um, with non-GMO and some organic cookies and boxes made from wind power and all sorts of things. But, but, um, but I wanted to support the movement to contribute to making it normative to be a good corporate citizen. I, I, I thought the more companies that become B corporations, the more consumers could expect companies to do things like that. And there would be pressure increasingly on corporations to be good corporate citizens. Um, I also similarly wanted to make it easier for consumers to be able to shop with their conscience, right? Just like I wanted to make it easier for somebody to be able to find peanut-free cookies to send into a peanut-free classroom so all the kids could be part of the group. I wanted to make it easier for people who want to make a difference, who want to shop with their conscience, to have a way to do it. So now if they look for the little B with a circle around it on boxes or, or bags or whatever, not just ours, but other products, they can go, hey, that's a good company. I'm going to buy that one. So it obviously helps us as a company, but it also helps them to be able to be the people they want to be. Totally. I have to say that's been kind of one of the coolest things about, you know, this journey of, of us working towards being a B Corp, but also just this podcast, learning about all the incredible good that so many businesses are doing. Yeah. And now that's like what I do. I'm like, okay, I'm looking for the, you know, I look for the little B Corp label whenever I shop and it is, it is, it's hugely helpful for sure. By the way, I think it's awesome that you're doing it. It, it's certainly not necessary for anybody to. And the fact that you've made the decision to move in that direction is something that I really respect. Thanks. Yeah, we're, we're excited. We're also, uh, you know, we, we started, we decided this past spring and we were on roughly a two year track. We might get it done a little faster than that. So uh, it's, we're excited and it's going to be a journey for sure. Um, speaking of which I'm curious so it's, it sounds like once you guys kind of decided to go for it, you pretty much were already doing all the things, or did you have to make any kind of adjustments in order to certify? Well, initially, we didn't really have to make adjustments, is my recollection. It's been a while, a number of years, but it was still hard to do, um, as it turned out. 
a lot, as you have probably learned, is quantified. Like almost everything is quantified. And we weren't organized in quite the way to have simple answers. We can just press a button and have a report spit out giving us answers. Like it was one, and I may not have this exactly right, but like what percent of the dollars that you spend on ingredients and packaging came from within some particular, you know, 30 mile, whatever it was, I don't know, radius. Well, we didn't have a quick way to figure that out. So that's a lot of work. You know, how much are we spending on each ingredient? Where's each ingredient located? How, right. They wanted to know what our vendors are doing. Well, we hadn't been collecting that information. We still don't as much as I would like to, but we do much more than we did. Um, so, so there were just a lot of details. You know, we, we rent here. They wanted to know about the gas that we use or, or the, you know, the water, the water we use. Well, we knew nothing about the water we used. So, so there were a lot of questions that were just not easy to answer. Um, so it was actually incredibly time consuming, even though we already met the criteria for, for what we did socially. That's great. I'm, I'm curious as you, cause I think you certified back in 2011. Yeah. How has your process from certifying the first time versus recertification over the years, has it gotten easier or is it, still challenging every every certification you know it it's certainly still very challenging every certification although it, it used to be every year we had to do it and thank thank goodness they have spread that out a little bit so we don't have to do it every year because it's a huge process um the part that has gotten easier is that we're better at reporting we 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 know more of the answers now and we have easier ways of figuring it out without extensive pen and paper. Um, but there are also ways it's gotten harder because the they have continued to expand their expectations of companies. So if we stayed exactly the same in terms of what we did socially and environmentally as we did in 2011, we wouldn't be a B Corps anymore. And there's a part of that that's very frustrating because it's on our packaging so, and we care about it. So we have to be, but it's like, what do you mean? We didn't, we didn't get enough score. Oh, well, you know, you can look at our questions and figure out ways that you can improve and then you can get the score. It's like, ah, you know, I want to, but I shouldn't have to. Um, so that's been difficult, but it's also been positive because the ways they want us to get better are ways that we want to get better. And they have all these ideas that we might never have thought of. So, so it's a real process of looking at what ideas they give points for and which of those actually could make sense for us. And we'd be happy to do. Some of them we're not happy to do and we're not doing. Um, because they just don't make sense for our company. Um, but it's interesting. And and we've gotten better because of it, which I think is fantastic. That is really cool. And I've, I've heard a lot of similar feedback from other folks, too, for sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting process, for sure. I'm curious, how has uh, being a B Corp certified business and going through the B Impact Assessment, how, how has it helped? It sounds like having some of those new ideas are, are there other like particular ways that it has 
really helped the the company? Well, I think I think certainly one of the ways it's helped is by giving us ideas of how we can be more of the company we want to be. Um, and again, I, I've really valued what they do and what they encourage and the ideas that they have. And, and they, they're supportive around the ideas as well. I mean, they, they, they want to help us to um, succeed at, at all of this. I don't know if it's helped our retail sales. Probably not very much because, again, we don't have the word out a whole lot that we're a B corporation or what a B corporation is. And I think um, that a lot of people have never heard of it, um, which, again, is one of the reasons I appreciate that you're doing this video or other, and others like it to really help people learn about it. Because I think people want to know are happy to learn about it once they do. Um, it's probably helped um, with our food service sales because, for example, when we go to a college, they're so excited that we have cookies that you know, the kids with allergies don't have to stand out as different because their friends are buying the same thing. Um, you know, they like that we're women on business. They love the taste. They love the texture. They love the look. They love that they don't have to buy a gluten-free cookie and a nut-free cookie and a vegan cookie and a healthy cookie. They buy one cookie. It satisfies everybody. Same thing for, for break room snacks, for corporate dining, for all of the different ways our snacks are used. Um, but it's also helpful to say... Um, this also supports your sustainability initiative. We're a certified B Corporation. Um, in fact, one of the retail distributors, it's called Kehi. It's a national specialty, um, special special food, specialty food um, retail distributor that is in natural food stores across the country. Um, and they are a certified B Corporation. So they've given us a little extra attention for that because they care that some of their providers are as well. Um, and at some point, um, when we want an investor, um, which may not be too far off, it will matter to me and to us that the investor care that we continue with who we are. And therefore, the B Corporation um, certification is more likely to attract those people to us that we would want to be working with. Um, I think is another piece there. Um, so that's not something we've done, you know, in quite that way yet. Although we did have a small crowdfund and, and maybe some of those people cared about it. I also think that it matters to some of our staff um, that, that our employees are who we are and they're the ones who make the magic and they're the ones who make those cookies that, that, that these um uh, comments are about, and I think our staff care that they're not just making widgets, that they are um, creating something that means something to people, and, and the B Corp certification is part of that. Um, I, I think that it's something that they're proud of, and that, again, we attract, to some degree, people who want to be part of something that makes a difference in the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. Have you, I'm curious, have you done much collaboration with other B Corps? You know, we haven't yet, but I'd like to. Um, as a small family business, it's hard to do all of the things, all of the great ideas that I have, all the things I want to do. But it's something that I want to do. 
Um, and I've had a little contact here and there. I always really appreciate when somebody's a big corporation. Um, I was invited. There's a, a sustainability organization in New Hampshire I'd never heard of before, and it includes a number of B Corps, and I was invited to an event, and I, of course, offered to provide snacks. Um, so it was great meeting a bunch of folks, you know, Stonyfield and Skoma Bank, and I think I said their name right, and um, there are a number of companies um, that uh, – just great to hear what they're doing and meet them and feed them home free cookies, which they loved, of course. Um, but but I, I, I very much hope to be doing more of that. Cool. I'm curious, what advice would you give to businesses like ours that are maybe just ankle deep in the B impact assessment? I would think of it as much as you can as an opportunity to get consultation on how to be a better company where someone else is giving you lots of great ideas to explore. That way it won't just seem like a time-consuming task to get past, but rather a process to figure out how to make more of a difference in the world. I like that framework. I think that's, Thank you. I think that's super real. That's super, super real. Um, anything else that you want to add or impart on listeners? Um, two things. One I already said, but I'll say it again. Please spread the word. Um, you know, visit our social media, visit our website again, homefreetreats.com. And again, we're, it's home free treats you can trust. So that's why it's home free treats. Um, the other is timely right now. It may be a little less timely down the line when new people are listening to this, although I guess it's always, it's always relevant. Um, which is one last word. Vote. To learn more about Home Free, you can find them at homefreetreats.com. While you're on their website, you can check out their store locator to see where you can pick up some of these tasty treats for yourself. As always, I have links to those in the show notes, which you can find at responsiblydifferent.com. And if you want to see photos of some of our team members taking their first bites, you can check those out there as well. And with the holidays just around the corner, keep an eye out for some of Home Free's holiday treats. Next time on Responsibly Different, we hear from Kelsa Summer-Roy, a co-chair of Be Local Boston. Start with the question, what are you really proud of that you already do in terms of social and environmental impact? Ask yourself that question. And then start there on the assessment. We're all in this together. Till next time, be responsibly different. This is a production of Deergo Collective. Music composed by our own Kevin Oates. You can follow us on social media at Deergo Collective or visit our corner of the internet at deergocollective.com.